There it is. I'm Charles Holmes from The Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucy's, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed only on Spotify. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle. Millennial and younger. This week, hip-hop, Lil Baby, the documentary. (laughs) Untrapped. Untrapped. (laughs) With with like 50% fake Hans Zimmer music, but also some hip hop involved somehow in this rap documentary. Oh, man. The first 15 minutes of this movie are like. If you were a fan of of like those CNN documentaries yeah. right, where they would talk about like they'd like you know somehow stumble their way into the hood and like the amateur anthropologist would try to make sense of we yeah, got to cheap volume 1.5 yeah you know what I mean like this is like it's like it's that same sort of feeling that's the tone of this documentary Duh, like is- <laughs> you're gonna have to like you gotta like you got to like I actually like I had like my, my girlfriend was like coming in and out like as it was going on and was like saying like very commonsensical things like, you know, and he's there's like uh, any time that there is a voiceover about I really do. I get up every day and I do this shit type and he's in the studio like laying down vocals in silence, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the clip of Waka Flocka goes to the booth and he's like, bow, 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 and it's dead silent. And so therefore it's ridiculous. Little Baby is doing his vocals for a song and like, it's ridiculous. And, you know, she comes in, she's, she's just kind of like, are you serious? Overhearing it from the kitchen. And I'm like, you know, well, I, I mean, if you have, if you are going to be prone to like, you know, if you just can't suspend the disbelief, it is going to be a hard 90 minutes for yeah. you. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, if you give, if you just kind of like watch it as like, you know, oh, there's another, it's like, a, here's another sports documentary that's too in love with its subject. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sports doc um, is a good, good way of describing it. 
Um, I mean, because that's the that's the that's the that's the pace, the pattern, the tone of it. Like, um, it's like yes, it's a little. It's it's it is ridiculous. I mean, like in t- you know, in, in flat terms, it's maybe even a little bit bad. But there are some, <laughs> there are some delightful elements in it. I will say. Well, okay. Can I? I I'm in a positive theory that. The stuff you're saying is bad or weird or disorienting is actually like really highly concentrated in the first 25 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes of the doc. And I would I would dare say that if you chop the first 20 to 25 minutes of Untrapped off of it, then it kind of just feels like a bog standard, like in the life of, you know, following dude on, on you know, all through his come up getting the perspectives. You got Thug, you got Gunner, you got Drake. But the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We got to talk about the first 25 minutes of Untrapped because it's it's like that's a whole different documentary where it's like you get all this it's, high theorizing about the It streets. is really like they bring in <laughs> a like they bring in like an African American studies professor, yeah, Wait, no, like they like they they bring somebody in in a suit to 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 place him in a yeah. constellation, like of 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 you know oppressed black men that made it. Like it's just like there's there's you know a concise retelling of uh the socioeconomic and fallout and human cost of the 96 Olympics in Atlanta, the Red Dog Police Force. But it's just kind of like, you know, and down the street, uh, Dominique Jones was growing up and eventually started dealing drugs. And here we are. (laughs) Like, I like it's just sort of it's the the way that I cannot describe adequately how dramatic this documentary yeah yeah and it's like i think here's the thing i don't want to diminish that commentary too much just because like because it's true because it's absolutely true it's like it is it's 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 true but it's like um i think i mean like i come back more to like uh probably like what andre 3000 said as like a talking head in the future artist video speaking of things that were incredibly like you know maudlin and dramatic like futures like at the end of like the spate of artist videos that apple music was putting out i think it was right before uh the wizard came out and future was i mean <clears throat> andre 3000 was was a talking head and he was just like i don't know man something about trap music is just kind of like i think that people like try to uh like try to cut it down to make it less than you know these other genres of music or they try to make it more than what it is and it's like this is definitely doing like making it more than what it is but it's also true if that makes sense yeah it's just okay here's the thing it's like the dude says one thing it's like the last thing he says before they cut away from the academic who by the way i'm sorry i can't remember the academic's name just just think of him as the guy who would otherwise be mark lamont hill in any documentary made like this between like 2000s 
And I mean, and you know what? That also, I like. We are. I want to. I want to. I want to acknowledge that that also sounds like you're throwing this guy a bar. <laughs> but no! but it's the truth. But it's the truth, <laughs> the though. Tr- like it's it, it, like, but it's the truth, though. Um, you know, he ain't mean to. He ain't mean to use it like a knife to cut you open. But that's like it's it's. I was the spreading market, butter, brother. Yeah, not shedding blood. You know. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, like uh, it's. He says what you were saying. He says, he says something there's one specific it. line he says at the end where he, he really is just working up the, to giving this stat where he's like, he's talking about the overwhelming likelihood that if you are born poor in Atlanta, that you will die poor. Right. And that's juxtaposed with the narrative of little baby who's like a dude from the street. He's like, it sounds like a cliche storyline, but it's true. A lot of these dudes, it's like the kind of dude who can legit look you in the face and say, to be honest, I didn't even want to rap, right? And all, like that guy is sort of setting in the people talking about Atlanta and the Olympics. It's like it's all building up to that one stat. And that stat felt like really crucial. But the rest of it is like not Mark Lamont Hill talking over like this weird orchestral blast that feels like it's out of an InfoWars yeah, documentary. And, and like, know, you know, man. 90s VHS footage of, yeah. of like of SWAT tanks rolling into residential neighborhoods. Joe which Biden I mean, like, in there. Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, like, jo- yes, Joe, like, <laughs> Joe Biden is in there giving a speech on the floor. It's a like there's it's a like it's a lot. Yeah. But really, it is it is more like the kind of set up like the idea that like or you know like the fact that baby didn't want to rap because he was making more money hustling like in the like it was kind of like getting over the hump of i could be making tens of thousands of dollars in you know at home instead of you know 2.5 thousand driving 40 miles away to rap in front of six people yeah stage of his career which is like a like a phase that he also had to go through setting that up i think was also like i like i liked that like the like the explaining of like the dead panning that he had in like all of the earlier interviews were like people would be like this nigga doesn't want to be anywhere like he doesn't even like looking at people like what's the deal like and it's really just kind of like he's sitting there thinking about how much money he's losing, (laughs) which is like really like, I mean, which is really a funny thing to think about. Like I think about it too in my own life, you know, but I mean, it's, it's like, I appreciated that, but like the long, I mean, you got to put the diamond and let the whole song play out about the Superman story thing. Like, um, but yeah, I mean like that specific part of the documentary which I think was in the earlier trailer where like, you know, young thug comes in and sits down and he's just kind of like, he was fucking up millions of dollars before he made a song. Like I would give him like 20,000 just to be like, look, go home. Like just go home and chill out and, you know, don't be out in the streets. Like he was just like, if you would have told me to give a million dollars, I would have done it. Like it was that part of the documentary I liked. Yo, I, on that point, I think the best quality of the documentary is young like young thugs i told you so energy throughout the entire documentary where he rolls his eyes every time they cut to him because he's just like yeah i knew i knew everything that you know about little baby now like i knew, I knew it six years I ago saw yeah, it in the vision. Just... like he didn't even know it and i knew it i told y'all <laughs> 
like that's his whole vibe for the whole the whole doc and i like yeah it is like it is it is fun to see like i guess like young thug in sort of in repose like in the sort of like i've fathered different generations of rappers at this point and i get to sit back and look at it and say hey everything planned out and panned out exactly as i said yes yeah that is like the probably the best part of this documentary uh and then in contrast with the drake part the drake drake (laughs) you know what it is drake carries himself like he thinks he's in a sports doc for sure. Exactly. <laughs> I think that was what it was. Like Drake sat down like, you know, because they do a lot of that in this documentary. There's a lot of people to give it that sort of homely authenticity. I mean, the comely authenticity of, uh, you know, we are all in a room trying to figure out this story together. Like they have the talking heads. They have clips of the talking heads walking in from off screen to sit down. Like the way that Drake does it when he walks in and sits down and like, you know, you know, all right. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's sort of like a, a fucking uh, Rick Mahorn talking about, uh, you know, the Eastern conference finals in 89 about the, the technical that he, you know, got that swung the series. Like it's, it's just, it's, you sit down and you kind of roll your eyes and you kind of roll your eyes a little bit because it's just just because it's Drake, but also because yes, the, Drake, the way yeah. that he's speaking makes you like, all right, yeah, I am watching a sports documentary about a rapper. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I don't know what else. I think first of all, Charles Holmes also in a doc, adorable. Shout Baby out Charles. Charles. Shout out Charles. Looks adorable. Those cheeks in that doc. I think he's doing so well. <laughs> um. I think, though, I, one thing I thought a lot about watching that doc is the kind of metadata. Like, I remember when I watched that Breakfast Club interview that they showed, the one where he's just like, he the dude seems checked out, right? Yeah, like, he's baby, like, I, baby, like, I yeah. won't be like, like it's yeah. just... It's like, I remember watching stuff like, like way back in the day. I remember like, and that was the thing. I feel like there's a whole genre of street rap where... That might be a whole genre, even of Breakfast Club interviews specifically, of like dudes who are so they haven't made that kind of transition that Charlemagne talks about in the documentary. And so when they come up in a studio, they're kind of like antisocial about it. Or like my friend yeah. Rob, Robbie at, at Double XL, I feel like he has he's telling me behind the scenes stories all the time about rappers who were sort of like before the cusp of being a double XL freshman, right? Where it's just like the way people carry themselves sometimes, it's just like, why, why are you even doing this? Like who talked you into this career? And I think the weird, the weird thing that the doc sort of surfaces, but never really, I think engages with in a really gratifying way is you have all this footage, a baby talking about like, and people talking about like, well, he didn't really even want to be a rapper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of creates this uncanny sense of like, oh, this is a dude who in a lot of ways is like being propped up by people, right? Like he sort of, he has a breadwinner mentality. And I think that breadwinner mentality is a big part of how he makes it work. But I feel like at the midway point of the dock, they kind of make him look like he's just kind of a creative vessel for other commercial actors 
And then that sort of immediately crashes up the part of the documentary that's that's sort of talking about his thoughts about Black Lives Matter and his position. It, yeah, I mean, like that, that kind of that goes weird. right up into like the like the a recasting of the bigger picture. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm saying like like way differently. Like, I mean, like putting this making this song out to be something different than I saw on the ground. Like yeah. to to be yeah. honest with you, like yeah. I mean, like it's I and I mean, like I stand by what I wrote about it when it came out, which is just kind of like cool. We paid is more of an anthem though. Like it's yeah, just yeah, like there's yeah, it's yeah. like there's I like and I, there's I I don't I think another thing that the documentary doesn't really engage with in a gratifying way, but there's I mean like there are few that really have on similar subjects is that like he gave up something to get to like the like it's not like it's just like all right we talk about sacrifice and getting to where you are and like you know spending a lot of time in the studio <clears throat> the money that he lost etc yeah but also something changed in like something changed in message and pr and presentation yeah the brand that, you yeah. know like that gave that 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 engendered this mainstream embrace like he had to make that song in order to get on stage at the like it's just like yeah. why would you so it's just like i would rather hear you know like I, I'd rather him get on stage and be like, I can be fucking no dog hoes and let's be let's be fucking the <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like I would rather have that. Like it's just kind of like this is all right, I'm you know, I wouldn't like it's just like it would be diff it would be a different story. I think it would be more uplifting. It would be less it would feel less hollow if it was if the five point eight song wasn't the one that got you on stage at the Grammys. Yeah, yeah. That's Yes. I also think to your point about that sort of what he had to do to get on stage at the Grammys, right? I think the other thing about the doc is there are these these gestures sometimes. Like early in the doc, they have um like it's like one dude surrounded by a bunch of other people, but he's sort of the main one speaking. He's like, Yeah, I've been his I'm I mean they build him as like childhood friend, right? And and sort of starts talking a little bit, lays some groundwork talking about like baby used to be in the streets, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But then they, they mostly put that on thug after a point in the documentary. And then toward the end of the movie, it's like you see his mom, right. On the private jet. And to me throughout the whole doc, I, I wanted more of that. I wanted to know more about his well, people. You know, you know what I mean? Like his people. It was like he, because there's a very, at the beginning of the doc, <clears throat> It's a voiceover where he's talking about like his uh how his dad left and left his mom and him and his younger brothers. There's found footage of him talking about it when he's like seven or eight. Like um he talks about it again during this voiceover on Christmas morning where I think he's like, you know, supposed to be getting ready to go off on tour or something. But it's like, you know, he makes time to <clears throat> to open presence with Jason and Loyal. Um, and he starts talking about how, like, you know, I never had this. Like, I could never do this with my dad. And, you know, like, I don't want to be no holiday parent. Yeah. You know, yep. and yep. like, I don't, like, it's, it's what he says specifically. But then again, like, you don't see his family again. 
really until like the Grammy part of the documentary, which is like an hour into it. And then like you see his mom on the private jet. And I mean, like this is just sort of like a function of him being the, the private sort of person that he is, which they give voice to in the documentary itself. But like, yeah, I mean, it's like, he says, I don't want to, I don't want to be no holiday dad, but the only footage you really see is like at yeah. the holidays and, right. you know, at the award show. It's, it's, Part of it is the private person thing that you're underscoring, right? And the other part of it is related but different, which is the stuff that's not about his family. That's more about wanting to just hear about his boys that you see briefly uh, dressed in white outside is like, you know, and P from QC, like he, he voices this. He's like, you know, a lot of the stuff that, like a lot of this is just stuff that happened in the street that I can't talk on camera about, right? Yeah. Which like, so you get it's it. It's like, that's just, there's... Literally just for reasons, just places that like they can't go. Yeah. Like there's yeah. just things that you can't, which I think also because they did a lot of uh, like they kind of did a super cut of pick your music publication, pick your white music writer writing about baby not being able they to barred like, up being unintelligible. They yeah, barred you know up I mean? Fantano. Oh, uh, no. Like, oh, <laughs> my God. Like, I mean, like, but anyway, like, I mean, but, like, not understanding that, like, it's also, like, that's just sort of the, that's just one of the contradictions you accept when you listen to, like, trap music it's is cool. that, like, yeah. you're just never going to really know that much about the person that you're listening to like it's and you don't really want to it's more about the energy they create yeah but like yeah i mean like it's that's the natural limits of something like this you know yeah, like as neither- they kind of got to look off camera and there's a lot of fabricating rather than recollecting and you know yeah. saying what words i can use around this topic like literally um, the uh, whenever they're ta- whenever they're talking about him, like you know, like they're like, yeah, baby used to like hustle. Like, where did he get the thousands of dollars from when he was like when he was walking around with stacks when he was fifteen or sixteen or whatever? Like, there'll be super cuts in this documentary, and it's the same. Like, it's the same thing every time. It's like crack bubbling a money counter machine weed being <laughs> on a scale yep, yep. and and like police lights like it's the same like it, like i like i know you're laughing but i know you yeah. feel me like they yeah, did the same yeah, super, like did. every time anybody was just like yeah man like i don't know like you know like you like think about how much money you got to be making to be like set aside like ten thousand dollars like <laughs> i mean like he had like you walk around with ten thousand dollars, fifteen, sixteen, and then like, and then they'd have the supercut again, and then like, and then it'd be, and then it'd be Young Thug talking about, yeah, we're fucking a million dollars before we made one song, and then like some, you could tell somebody asked him a question about like, you know, he was just like in the street, nothing come out, but like prison or death. And then again, the supercut of like <laughs> the same thing I'm talking about. There's like, it's just. Um. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's fairly shallow and glitzy. Yeah. But again, I do like the like finally having like a full explanation 
in glossy form of why like baby just would rather be at home or like or felt like you know like he just didn't want to be there for the first for the first couple of years yeah i think you know it's weird i think about rap music and and rock music right it's sort of like i think people who rock's been around for longer i don't really watch rock documentaries right but like Rock is filled with some personalities that are kind of like rough around the edges. And yet I think people I think there's like good rock docs that people would would swear by. And I think rap has a kind of weird divergence of like I watch this doc and I look at baby and I think, you know, I sympathize with with the people making this doc because it's sort of there are inherent qualities to someone like this. Right. Where it's like. At the end of the day, the most expressive he's ever going to be is on a record, right? Like he's, he, all of that sort of, even if they media trained him out of just shutting down in the middle of a Breakfast Club interview, like, you know, you're working with Lil Baby and he, he's not, I don't know, there's something, it almost feels like there's, there's an inherent and implicit clash between the sort of emerging conventions of like, the post-trap rap documentary, whether you're talking about it being, you know, somebody who's closed off his baby or even somebody more uh, flamboyant like Takashi. It's just something about, I don't know. It feels like there are limitations to this medium when it comes to modern rap music because it just feels like, I think that it's kind of the thing that you're describing is one, uh, like a function of like a number of like socio-political forces that require that, like you know, that will accept that. Like, I mean, like who do you accept rock star behavior from is also like a question. Like, yeah. I mean, like yeah. you can have a good, you could have a good Tupac documentary. And I don't mean to mince words here because he's dead. He gets perfected that way. He can be like that. Like people get to write about it that way. Like, and also the, there's such good rock documentaries because a lot of like those journalists had access. They were in the yeah. rooms or in the hotel rooms with like, with the Gallagher brothers or with Eddie Van Halen or with whomever, like, or on the tour bus, like, that's like it's a different thing like it's a, it's it also like these rappers came like at a different time where there was already like a readers removed through a computer screen for the most part unless you were like at the, at the in the front of the crowd or it or you get backstage occasionally it's like glimpses um wait i take your points about rock but can i go back to what you're saying about tupac i think tupac's sort of helping me understand what i'm trying to say here right which is like mm-hmm. you think about tupac Tupac could be wild and he could be ignorant as hell, but also Tupac was the sort of person who wanted to like grab a camera and sort of like monologue at it. You know what I mean? And that was sort of, that was part of what Tupac was, right? He was a dude who wanted you to know that he had like a master plan and a particular vision. And he was a very telegenic dude. And he was also like, he was an actor. Actor, right. Yeah, Yeah. he was an actor. Right, right. And I guess what I'm trying to get at when I talk about baby right or or talk about I think a lot of rappers is like there's something about the modern age and almost the fact of um, it's like 
the the mystique, right? That something like a documentary had in the 20th century is gone, right? And it's sort of the more the more the format that these rappers or these artists and lots of media live in is like social media sized, and it's also mixtape sized, right? Like it's just the scale feels so different sometimes. So even if you take someone like Takashi, right, who's a drama queen, like even Takashi. You sort of don't want to listen to that guy talking to a camera for more than a minute, right? Because yeah. there's no there there, right? And if you really want to understand that dude's story, you got to follow him on his social media channels and listen to his music. Because otherwise, you know what I mean? It's like street street rap is just, it has to be the hardest shit to make documentaries about is what I'm really trying to get into. Yeah. And it's I, like, like this it's documentary really, like, shows I don't really that. Like know Untrap you... shows that. Yeah, because, because so much of even... Like, even the writing that was coming out, like, as it was happening, having participated in it is so much projection onto the yeah. music because, like, you, there's no access. Like, it's it's more so about what it makes you feel or, like, you know, how it functions in a space versus, like, the pers- it being about the person that made it because you're inevitably disappointed. Yeah. Like, once you get there. Um, yeah. But... Like, yeah, like it's, yeah, I do agree. Like, making documentary about trap music gotta be hard. Yeah, you wanna make it about like when a middle class rap, like, I'll make a Jack Harlow documentary. That's easy mode. That's easy mode. Cause you just go talk (laughs) to some, you talk to some very polite people, you know, outside of Louisville, and you find making Jack Jack Harlow documentary. Uh, Go to the batting cage, you know? Like, uh, oh, yeah, I used to, you know, give him <laughs> uh but yeah like um that's all i got about untrapped i mean i thought it was it was okay like i'm glad i watched it i feel like yeah it, we're watching in real time the tropes of the again the trap rapper documentary form and it's just like i don't know man you the thing you said about the police cars and the weed and the crazy, <laughs> it's just like you're right because you're right. Oh, it's like, they, like oh man, nigga, I was like, oh really? <laughs> they hit us with the uh, razzle dazzle. Like if you said, like I knew, like I knew that was gonna happen when I see, like the opening, like the opening is him talking, like you know, like I could have just, I could have been like, you know. And then there's like, you know, a Corvette SSS, like there's like, you know, whatever, like the highest level, a Corvette Stingray weaving through the traffic on the interstate and, you know, him doing this voiceover. And I was just like, all right, so this is this is the type of shit we're on today. It's already like, you know, it was it was already coming. You already knew the supercut of the police cars and the weed and and the bubbling crack was going to be there. Yeah. Just know, everybody, listeners, before we move on to another subject real quick, I want you to know, I want you to think about this. Every rap documentary of the modern era that you watch is just previewing for the Drake documentary that you're inevitably going to watch and that we're inevitably going to tape like a two-hour conversation about if I ever have to deal with oh, that shit. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
If he breaks, Man. if Drake breaks out his that white voice for two hours, he's just <laughs> gathering that data. That's why he's on a talk. That's why he's a talking yes. head for, for for these different ones. He's just he's gathering rehearsals. data. All right, rehearsals. you know what? This is not what we're gonna do. I think Man. I've decided. You know, and it, this shit is gonna be pr- produced by Bo Burnham. What's his name? <laughs> um, uh, let's take a break real quick. Let's we'll take a break real quick. We'll be right back, and we're gonna talk about. We just could tie up some loose ends because we had to talk about the racist AI rapper. Um, oh, yeah. man. Fuck. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday. I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We offer our deepest apologies to the Black community, capital B, Black community, for our insensitivity in signing this project without asking enough questions about equity and the creative process behind it. We thank those who have reached out to us with constructive feedback in the past couple of days. Your input was invaluable as we came to the decision to end our association with the project. Mike, what are these people talking about? Uh, What is the project? (laughs) What is the project? The project. What is Okay, listen. All right. Listen, listen. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) My my, my body's broken. (laughs) But I'm going to give you a very concise rundown about the FK Mika phenomenon. Okay. So there is this ethnically ambiguous. Spicy, white-looking, cyberpunk 2077 extra character with red, green drains, with, with red, uh, green. Character See, I said drains because I got caught up between dreads and braids because that's literally what it looks like. I mean, like, it's like, I, I, you can make a decision. Like, okay, so, like, and he has, he has... A like a Baron von Underbite metal jaw, like from the Venture Brothers, remember? Mm-hmm. Like and 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 <laughs> um, 
he's dressed like a Borderlands character. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Name FKA Vika, like, and like had several charting singles apparently due to TikTok circulation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Signed by Capitol Records a couple of weeks ago. Um, and apparently, this is my second check again on the story due to that long-winded message that you just read. Grand opening, grand closing. It's over. The, the, the dream is over. I think like uh, there were discussions going on about, like you know, once again... Who gets to say nigga, especially if it's like, you know, a computer generated, you know, uh, personality that, you know, releases its own music that, again, is ethnically ambiguous. There's like a like I, I think one of the homies sent me a screenshot of. Uh, an update for one of the FK and BK accounts. I think it was, on, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. They all like are updated the same way, a picture and a message at the bottom. And like the picture was this FK and BK character getting beat over the head by a corrections officer with a nightstick. And it says in all caps, police brutality, what should I do? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I want to get out so I can get back to making fire music. I I shit you not. This is like one of the, this is, this is the, this is what was going on. All right. So (laughs) like, I mean, yes, it was an absolute irretrievable mess. Uh, Like I, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not sure who was behind the keyboard, but I'm pretty sure it was a white guy in a zip hoodie. And you know, now we have an, a whole other discussion about like you know the politics of language and access and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which really, what it is is another story about the lengths that white people will go to. Just to say that, just to say the word, I feel um, conflicted. You know what it is? Is like it's the un, it's the one spicy white is a huge part of this, right? It's the fact that it's it's because I tell you what, if there's this um way back when the ringer started, I was I was into this YouTuber called Kizuna Ai. People who know what Kizuna Ai is, Kizuna Ai is an AI. It's like mm-hmm. she's not she's a she's like a Japanese sort of anime caricature, right? And I'll tell you what, if Kizuna Eye one day, you know, started saying nigga and rapping at me, it'd probably be less racist than this. You know what I mean? Because, like, this is sort of, like, that kind of pointed, he's biracial, like, that element of the... <laughs> exactly. You know, of the the yeah, FM Mika like, thing is, like, that. it, it feels like, it feels disrespectful. The way they styled him is just so disrespectful. It's so like the Cyberpunk 2077 thing you know is real. It, that shit is like, real. Like, yo, it's like it's it's <laughs> literally like these are the only hair options we had in the engine type yeah. of like character yes. design. <laughs> like it's like when you get on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater hoping that like, you know, you can get a do-rag that looks like yours and like yeah. they got 
you know, some black shit with red with red piping on it. And it's just kind of like, who wears this? <laughs> but like, yeah, like it's it's just kind of like I it's it is yeah, it's it's offensive because of how bad it is. Yeah, it's like dog. Like he wouldn't he wouldn't have got approved to be put in like Agents of Mayhem, dog. He was like rejected from like Saints Row. Like not even it wasn't even a like I mean, it wasn't even a situation like, you know. I mean, you could have built something up from the character models of like 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. Like that it was there, you know? Like it was you could have done the the ridiculous outre rapper video game thing has been done already, but like this is something else. But like, I think the other the other thing about this story is that this is the kind of story where it's both it's absurd that this this deal, right, this act was was sort of launched in the first place, but also canceling this thing. It make like it's the kind of thing that makes it's me look stupid because it's, it's just it's, like it is. I I in the in the words of the deceased Johnny Tapia from Bad Boys Two, this is a stupid problem to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it is a right? problem nonetheless, <laughs> right? Because it's like it's like I look like an asshole being like, we regret to inform you that the AI rapper is racist, but like that is kind of is racist. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like it's we racist. I know it sounds silly when you say it out loud, but (laughs) it sounds absolutely ridiculous when you say it out loud. Like, I mean, but yeah, we're that's 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 what happened. That's that is your update on the AI rapper. It's also like Um, I would feel I would feel better about this whole ordeal that went down. This like, how long did it take? It took forty eight hours between this thing being announced. And then being like, never mind. But it's like, it's look, if, the, if it had been quiet, if it had been like, there's this backlash, people are people are doing this sort of social justice thing of like, what is the, what does this say about what is this kind of representation? This is perverse. And if Capital has sort of been like, my bad, my bad, sort of downplayed it, sort of back, stepped away from it. But it's like they put out the statement with all the kind of like academic ease, like. I don't, you know what I mean? We the rest of it is like, we find fault in the lack of awareness and how offensive. I mean, like they put that is. out, like it. They put that yeah. out like it was twenty twenty. Like, yeah. like, like people actually just... listen to the bigger picture. Like it was like, yo, like yeah, that's what it is. That's yeah. What it it's is. it's that exact same energy where it's just kind of like we hear you and we see you, and then nothing changed for three. Like yeah. I mean, like it's just there's yeah. I mean, just just stay home. Just stay home. Just stay home, dog. Um, God reached into the rib of FKA Twigs and created <laughs> FN Mika. <laughs> this is the new Bible, the new character creator for mankind. Oh, um, man. Is there anything else this week? I swear to God. Yeah, I mean- okay, listen. All right, because we talked about things that were bad and things that were not good and things that were very bad and no good. <laughs> Um, I think that we, I like, I got to tell you about Prey, which you did not watch. I didn't. My bad. It came out in like the, like the end of July, but it's streaming on Hulu. If you haven't watched it yet, it is actually very fun. Um, it is a continuation of like sort of the Predator series, maybe a reboot. And it works really well. Because of uh, the stunt casting, 
especially if you've like seen Hell or High Water, which came out in 2016. Um, that movie with uh, Chris Pine and Ben Foster, where they tried to rob a series of banks that hold the deed to their mother's farm, which is going under. Um, Amber Midthunder plays a bank teller at one of those banks where Ben Foster walks in and sticks a gun into her face. And she's like, you know, shivering, frightened, almost seemingly wet, you know, like just sort of like you know, very like being 16 and having a gun stuck in your face when you are just trying to, you know, save up enough money for like a good summer trip sort of situation. Um, but she's Comanche. A lot of the cast in <clears throat> Prayer Comanche. And th I mean, like, there's also like a, you know, Comanche subplot line in Hell or High Water. Um, but in any case, the movie is about like, uh, you know, this is a coming of age story where this young woman is trying to prove herself amongst the hunters and her and her tribe. And like the way that you do that is through I'm not going to butcher the the the, the term, but it's a rite of passage that involves you hunting something that's hunting you. Mm -hmm. uh, people do that with like, you know, a tiger or a bear or whatever. Just so happens that the predator crash lands um, in fur trapping territory in like you know the 1800s or or whenever. Like I, I like I think I wanted to say like this was during the Louisiana Purchase or something. I did not you know read anything additional about it. That's what made this movie so incredible. Uh, but like basically, she goes through this rite of passage that and like it's. It starts out with, you know, the tiger. She has, like, the support of her brother and, like, her, the other youngsters in the, in the tribe. Um, that falls through. Then it's just like, all right, I'm going to do a bear. The bear gets killed by the predator, and she's just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to kill the alien. <laughs> and the way that the movie is edited, the way that they bring everything back like the like the like the tightness of the storytelling, the fact that the movie's like maybe an hour and forty five minutes long, um, all things that are pluses um, for this. Definitely like a movie that like I I watched it in the middle of the afternoon on Saturday, like in between, yeah. like oh I'm at yeah. lunch, I'm at home, and like I'm not ready to go out to dinner yet. That sort of vibe, but like. Like I said, it's an hour and 40 minutes and it's like, it's, it doesn't, and the pacing, it's great. Like, um, yeah. Directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Bet. Watch it. It's pretty um, good. I, I never really got into any of the Predator stuff. That's like my, if you want to put, you know, pull my card racially, that's it. It's the, I'm only like, like the Xenomorph the, dog. Like <laughs> I wasn't like super into the predator stuff okay. but like watching it as a coming of age movie where like i mean like if you're watching it just straight up as a coming of age movie like yeah. where person proves something to themselves and others like 
throughout the course of the movie, it works that way. Like not even, and just like sort of like the predator could just as easily have been the tiger or the bear, whatever. Like it just so happened. Like I like that it wasn't, What it's wild to think about it like that, but yeah, it's, like, that's a good way of putting it. I, but like seriously though, like I liked that it wasn't trying to directly tie this to the franchise that yeah. came before it. Yeah, like it wasn't overly precious about like okay, yeah, it has, you know, um, the tri laser triangulation system. It has. It looks like you remember. It moves yeah. like you remember. It's as brutal as you remember, but it's more so like. It's more so about how these people would look upon it in this time than it is about the thing itself. Yeah, that, that, okay. Um, listen, here's the thing, Micah. I don't have like a similar thing to talk about because I've been playing Soul Hackers too. If you know, you know. <laughs> Uh, if I can't get Micah to play Persona, I'm damn sure not getting to play Soul Hackers too. I'm gonna tell you this. You know, I'm obviously a critic. Usually, like, I'm supposed to feel defensive when people start being, like, game journalists or out of touch, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you this. Every review of Soul Hackers 2 is wrong. Reviewers are down on this game. The reviewers are wrong. This game is fire. This game is tight. This game has style. This game has great music. <laughs> this game is... I'm addicted to this game. I thought this game was going to be flop era Atlas SMC. This game is... Peerless. Delightful. Imperious. Never be the same. Intelligent. It's just like, you are Lady Gaga with the sunglasses on I am Lady Gaga standing naked. That is what I am. Listen, listeners, if any of you, I'm saying this like a distress beacon. If you played, like me, if you played Tokyo Mirage Sessions (laughs) and enjoyed it, (laughs) this game is for you, brother. Soul Hackers 2 in stores, Mastermind in stores. Um... That's Can a high we, threshold, my nigga. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, um, if if you did that, um, shout out to you. <laughs> um, listen, listen. One last thing. Can we talk about the elephant in the room real quick? We haven't talked about it for long, but a lot of people keep asking me about the Game of Thrones show, and I and then I ran it by Mike. I was like, Mike, you want to talk about it? I'm, I'm it not is speak- bad, real bad. Well, Joe Jackson. Hold on. I'm not like that's no, you. Listen, that's like, you. You saying that? I, like, that's listen, you. I, all right. 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 I don't appreciate in the first two episodes how they kind of saunter back in like they already have my attention. You know, like it. Like I don't really think they've been putting it down like that. Like I think that both of these high fantasy shows are going to be extra mid. Um, and yeah, that's where I'm sitting. Like, I mean, like, you know, I like, okay, fine. I will reserve total public judgment until I've seen more of what this story is going to do since there's supposed to be a young and old storyline and supposed to advance and whatever. But like <clears throat> right now, I mean, even the quote unquote dangerous relationships are boring as fuck. Like, I mean, it's the wigs are bad. Like the CGI is better, you know, because they have more money, but the, like, I mean, like it's the, the dialogue is incredibly expositional. I'm not, I'm down. Da- I'm like, I'm down on it. Folk. See, you're, like, you're down on it. That's you. That's all you. I want to say, I want to say caveat for listeners. Okay. In our time doing this podcast, I learned I've learned an important distinction, which is 
like people who listen to us know that we and I, you know, you and I are both haters, right? And in general, that's in general. A hater is not about hating everything. It's about a particular mindset. But there's an important distinction to be made between the kind of thing that like if people are into it, that there there might be some appetite for hating on it, right? Like people who like J. Cole, they're not averse to a conversation where you talk about the fault of J. Cole. I can think of plenty of things like this. And then there are things in popular culture that when people say, oh, we want to hear you guys talk about it, what they really mean is they want to hear us say nice things about it. Things in this category include Avatar, include uh, Game of Thrones, shit like that. And I'm worried that I haven't watched the show yet. And to me, something like Game of Thrones, I was never into that show, the previous show, right? Game of Thrones. I've never been into those books. Um, and that's kind of, I want to draw a contrast between when you and I talk about like Marvel stuff, right? Like, I don't think you or I are opposed to anything about the concept or the genre of superhero stuff. Whenever we talk down on modern superhero stuff, it's usually because we're talking down on like certain conventions of the Disney Corporation, right? We're talking about like a, a particular implementation of a genre that we sometimes have issues with. Now, my issue with House of Dragon, right? Or with Game of Thrones is I have nothing against George R. R. Martin. I have nothing against HBO, any of the people doing this. Like when it comes to kind of like medieval white people being outside talking about dynastic succession, like as a genre, regardless of any particular implementation, like that genre more than any other genre of storytelling in any medium is not my culture. Like I just can't. It's it's there is not like, a it's single like you really, thing. Like you really got to do. So something I don't want to disappoint people. Yeah, you really got to do something special with the succession storyline. Like I mean, there's like special and that's not like special superlative being you know you know supplied to things that are entertaining and things that are genius and things that are like you know like really observant about a certain thing whatever but it's just kind of like you know if it's just eventually somebody's gonna slit that guy's throat and sit in his chair like I mean yeah Literally, the only thing of this entire genre or all the subgenres subsuming of it into it of entertainment that I've ever been like, damn, respect is fucking Elden Ring, dog. Like, Elden Ring is totally a genre of entertainment that I would normally just like, I would doze off. Cause, like, you know, I just, I don't like, like, again, white people in antiquity, dragons, ogres, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I fall asleep. And that's not a, like, this is a case where it's like, that's my caveat. If people hearing that, me say all that, still want me to watch enough of the show to form an opinion, I'll do it. But I'm just trying to give everybody the warning that like that, that genre of thing is just not my culture. It's usually not my bag and is a very low likelihood. I Like I tried some of Game of Thrones back in the day. I did not really connect with it at all. And I don't know. Like this show might be huge. Maybe, maybe I'll watch it at some point and have a thought about it. But it's, it's like there is no form of entertainment harder than this style of storytelling. I, just, I just don't have a good history with it. Um, that's all I got. And Micah just hates the shit already. So you know, I, I mean, like it's really, I like it's. I've watched the first episode twice. I gave it a fur. I gave it a fair shake. I was just like, did I? I mm-hmm. 
did I really just, maybe I was just in a bad mood. Yeah. No, uh-uh. <clears throat> nah. nah. Um, so, all, you know, all that said, I mean, if you want, again, hearing all that, hearing that disclaimer, email us by all means. If you still want to hear us talk about uh, House of Dragon, email us your thoughts about Lil Baby, Lil Baby Doc, other docs, Cashy Doc, soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. Shout out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week.